0: Well, he is vice president of digital content at Fox Sports. It is Mike Buckland, but he only goes by Buck. So if you yell Buck, that's probably the only reason he's going to turn his head. He is on Twitter at the Buck Stuff, and he is going to talk about his career, including his fledgling basketball career. We have a lot of questions to bring about when it comes to that. So we're going to talk about that On this On To Something podcast. I'm Brian Fenley, a national anchor at Fox Sports Radio. I'm on Twitter at Brian Fenley. All right, enough of that. Let's get right to business here, Buck. And it wasn't long ago when I had Adam Stanko on and he lauded about your play while at ESPN and those pickup games. And and certainly for, for folks who don't know your background, you've played college ball. And then a couple of weeks ago, another one of your former colleagues at ESPN, Doug Gottlieb now at Fox Sports Radio. And of course, working with Fox, he brings you up on his show on the radio and gives you all sorts of praise as far as a basketball player. So I got to ask you, like, what is yeah. your what is your money move on the court if you're getting all of this praise from all of these important people in the business?
1: My, my money move is the pull-up jump shot uh, on the court. And uh, off the court, it was to get a good GPA so that I could uh, contribute to you know, something for the team. Uh. <laughs> but, you know, all, this, all the guys, the, the stat nerds will tell you, don't, don't take the long twos, but the long two is my specialty.
0: Especially that corner jumper. I think there's a lost art there. But are you comfortable saying that invalidating what Gottlieb said about you and Stanko, like when you think about the best non-NBA players at ESPN at the time you were there who would engage in these pickup games, how high up were you on the pecking order as far as talent, basketball-wise?
1: Well, there's there's a couple of different factors. First, I mean, first I love Stanko, and he's so kind to to bring me up on that list, and it's it's nice for Godly to say nice things too. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm a competitor. I, I like hearing those things, but um, but but Stanko is dead wrong. Uh, the, the best player to ever play in that league that didn't play in the pros was Karan Barnes, and Karan Barnes played at Columbia, I believe, for four years, was a starter, uh, double digits, I think, all four years. I was thinking about it, you know, this morning while I was driving in, I was like, I, I was thinking about Karan, and he's he's one of the toughest players I, I, I've i ever played against, where I, there was absolutely no chance that I was going to stop him. Oh, wow. I could only maybe hope to contain him a little bit, but he's the kind of guy, you know, you, you play defense against him, you're basically playing roulette. You know, he's either going left, he's going right, or he's shooting above you, and your only chance is, is to guess correctly, you know, but he's stronger than me, taller than me, uh, faster, quicker smarter um I just got to try to guess is he going left or is he going right and uh uh, there was a lot of great battles back in the day but he was definitely the best player um there's another guy named Derek Thompson that played on our team at in that league the EBL who was uh he's the kind of guy you could throw an alley oop to and and throw down and everyone in the gym just stops and looks at him like wow okay you know uh if if you ask me for my list it's Caron one and it's it's Derek Thompson too
0: When I brought it up to Doug, he almost took it as an insult. And it was not supposed to be an insult because Stenka was giving him a compliment. But I think for Doug, obviously, you know, how close he was to making the NBA and being in these training camps and playing overseas that, you know, he was a step above everybody. How did you defend him or how what was the best way to stop him on the court when you guys were playing in those pickup games?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing to remember is like we all see Doug. After his career's over, he's played overseas. You know, his focus is mostly on um, growing as a as a broadcaster, a pretty talented broadcaster. Um, and if, if you look at Doug's career, you know this guy played in what I think three or four NCAA tournaments. I think he led the league in assist a few years. At, you know, in a big time Division One. I think he's still on the record books. Um, he's unbelievably talented. You know, and, and when he comes and plays with us. Like, like I'm, I'm really proud of the league. And I think the talent was really, really up there. It really was like almost everyone played college or was a big time athlete in some, some way or form. You're also playing at a place that totally embraces, you know, competition. Um, the court was in the very middle of campus. People would come sit in bleachers and watch. There was a scoreboard, there there was a, there was referees, the whole works. Um, at the same time, Doug is so much, you know, more accomplished than any of the rest of us in the court. and. I know this just from being a walk-on is when you step on the court and you're labeled a, a D1 basketball player, you got a target on you and everyone is, is playing you like it's the NBA finals. Doug probably had that in spades and every time he showed up, you know, everyone's going to give him his best. And of course, he's out there trying to be competitive at the same time. He's trying not to get his nose beat in because he's got to go on TV that night, you know, and he's not looking to, uh, tear an ACL or, or sprain an ankle. So, um, I also think his, again, his superhero power was passing. You know, court vision, ball handling, passing. It's not like he's got you know the types of athletes he had on the wing. You know, when he was playing yeah. in college, uh, hitting corner threes and, and you know uh, going backdoor for for dunks. Um, so I, you know, I think he he gave us his moderate effort. I think that uh, no, I would not say he was uh, the best performer in the history of the league. But if he wanted to be, he probably could have been.
0: We're joined by Buck. He is VP of digital content at Fox Sports. I'm Brian Fenley and anchor at Fox Sports Radio. So aside from Doug and aside from any other player employed by Fox that played in the NBA, who is the best basketball player on the Fox lot or does work with Fox?
1: That's a good question. Um,
0: Chris Broussard talks a lot of trash. Chris Broussard says he's pretty good.
1: (laughs) So, okay, so there's a little bit of a thing here, right? When you're in the middle of Bristol, Connecticut, everyone plays in the same league. It's really tight knit, right? Everyone goes to the same restaurants, uh, plays at the same gym, works out in the same gym. LA is a little different. People go home, they go in their different communities. Um, So it's not as, it's, you don't see everyone in the gym after work. So it's, it's hard to say. I'm sure there's some great players here. Chris Broussard is pretty good. Really? I'm going to say he's got athleticism is, you know, I think probably left that behind in college a long time sure. ago, but I had him down in uh, New Orleans and, um, we get, we went to some little run where, you know, someone was, uh, asking him to play shoot around a little bit. And, uh, I guarded him and I, I gotta tell you, he hit a hook shot on me. I'll send you the B-roll. Oh, uh, it's pretty impressive. So yeah, he's the first guy that comes to mind. He's pretty good. Wow.
0: What comes to mind when you were that freshman head basketball coach at Okinawa County High School, the coaching yeah. philosophies that you brought to the table as a freshman head coach, take us yeah. back to that time, that era.
1: Well, remember, like at that age, everyone misses. Uh, you don't have any pure shooters. You're not no Steph Curries <laughs> out there. You know, so the, the first thing you got to do is keep people out of the paint, make them shoot from deep because that's hard. And uh, the second thing you got to do is get the rebound. Um, and so I look back at those days, and I think we probably didn't score, you know, uh, many points for the first six games, but uh, we rebounded, we played defense, and uh, cleaned up a lot of uh, a lot of bricks. And uh, I think we lost our first six, and I think we won the state tournament. So um, that shows you what kind of curve we had. Got to perfect that shell defense, get the rebound, and go the other way.
0: Your brother, if I'm not mistaken, is with Clemson, and he so is. obviously he has a a big basketball background as you do as well. If we put both of you one-on-one right now on the court, I guess you call fouls, so it's not totally street physical. Who wins in that one-on-one battle?
1: I obviously win. Uh, (laughs) One of the reasons I obviously win is because I will take it far more seriously than he will. (laughs) The second I start playing hard, he'll be like, relax, it's just a one-on-one game, man, Um, where I'll I'll be out for blood. So (laughs) I win through effort. Um,
0: are you talking trash, or or what are you saying to your brother out there after you score on him and you you go to the rim with the right hand?
1: <laughs> oh, without a doubt, I'm I'm known to chirp a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, when your when your athletic uh, abilities uh, uh, go down the tank, you, you, you know you gotta you gotta get in their mind a little bit, you know, and, and mess with their head a little bit. Um, so yeah, but my brother's pretty good. I mean, my brother's uh, what he hangs over my head is is I was a walk on um who who stayed a walk-on he was a walk-on who earned a scholarship so um i think my parents are happier with him for that reason too as a walk-on
0: you at georgia aside from helping elevate the team's gpa what was your greatest (laughs) athletic achievement as a walk-on with the bulldogs
1: there's a lot of things you got to do as a walk-on first of all anytime your team scores you got to wave the the towel above your head like (laughs) helicopter motion. very very important (laughs) that you get that right camera operators love to hit hit you with the the post dunk reacts um that was big um you know (laughs) you can't be going out getting in trouble at night you got to be in on a friday night playing halo in your dormitory keeping things low-key trying to get the star players to play with you so they stay in too um but no what you do is you show up an hour early you learn the other team's offense and um and you try to run that offense and you try to mimic that player And, and that can be really fun you know you play against gonzaga they got adam morrison on the other team and got to be Adam for for a week and practice and shoot 30 footers and you, you know. had to be Adam Morrison <laughs> oh yeah man and you, you get up shots and um you wear a red jersey they know who you are and they uh they tail you they deny you and um that was always really fun uh, another thing you do is you stick around show up early with the best players rebound for them you know um probably the, the greatest accomplishment that I ever had with Georgia you, you've heard um, a million people talk about how they get their ankles broken and by a crossover. You know, it's like, sure. oh, he's so good at crossing <laughs> someone over broken broke someone's with ankles. You've never actually heard that happen. Uh, when I was a sophomore, our point guard was named Rashad Wright. Rashad was drafted by the Pacers uh, last round of the NBA draft. Rashad was probably 6'2", strong as an ox, could jump out of the gym, beautiful three-ball defensive player of the year in the SEC multiple times. he had one of the greatest running crossovers you've ever seen i I don't know anyone else that has a running crossover and uh we're playing in the nit and the night before the game first game against uh iowa state and we did this uh uh, half court one-on-one drill the whole goal is you got to push into the corner i'm like there is not a snowball's chance in hell i'm pushing rashad right to the corner and he caught me with a running crossover and i felt something in my foot pop (laughs) i couldn't walk for about 48 hours and about a month later i realized it was broken so i think i'm probably the only player ever that's had their ankle actually broken by a crossover very proud of that
0: well you were probably the genesis of that term everybody saw you
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it. Yeah. Uh, I think the term existed but i'm really proud to have actually pulled it off and feel like it's a pretty rare thing
0: when you made the crossover from playing basketball to then going into the media space what was yeah. it like transitioning to Fox and, and what they saw from you? You had been at ESPN, if I'm not mistaken, Buck, for like 10 years. So you had all these great ideas, work with so much high tier talent. So what did they see from you and convinced you to, to head to the West Coast?
1: Well, you know, um, ESPN made digital priority really early on. You know, I, I don't remember the first year it was, but I knew that digital was was a, a, a very early priority and they were they were very innovative on that uh, on uh, in that respect. And I was, you know, right place right time. I was working in interactive gaming. Uh, at the time I was in a business development role and um, some things just happened. You know, we we were working really closely with the folks from EA Sports, and they said, hey. With the advent of social media would you guys be interested in letting people vote on who's gonna be on the cover of the madden video game and we're like absolutely no-brainer we put together a full project uh i saw this on jeopardy recently it was a oh, question wow. Who won the, the the matt their initial madden cover vote peyton hillis did he beat michael vick in the finals and it was i think the first time we had listened to fans you know and, and let fans um online determine the outcome of an event or a poll or something of that nature, we do that all the time now, but at the time we'd never done it. And when Peyton Hillis, because you know fans in Cleveland are, are so rabid, voted him on the cover of Madden, I think it was the first time we drove significant traffic through something like that. First time something digital had a TV payoff. We drove enormous traffic back to our website for, for voting and polling as well. We, had, um, we made money, we had Toyota come in as a sponsor at the time, which I don't think anything social at the time had been sponsored. And it kind of just led to this this new world of well social is not just tweeting and posting anymore it's it's a business it can drive traffic and have a linear payoff it's it's a multimedia experience and um that led to to more opportunities like that and we were doing more multimedia um, cross-channel digital television social activations and um getting on the ground floor of that was pretty fortunate for me i think it was after that event they decided to actually create an official Social media group. Um, social media evolved from just text to, to pho- photography and design, at some point to video, and before you knew it, you know it was a it took a full department to pull off a really solid social media strategy. And um, when 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 Fox was going through some changes, they thought, hey, you know, we we want to have a fully integrated strategy, television to digital to social. Um, I was I was thankful they thought of me, and I think it was uh, my tenth year. Loved ESPN. Um, just, you know, 10 years is a lot, Thought I tried to post a different, coast, <laughs> yeah. uh, different climate. And I'm really happy I did because, um, I've really enjoyed it out here.
0: Now that you're at Fox, what is the, the social media post that's gotten the, that, that you've been behind, that's gotten the biggest impressions. And when you look at the analytics of it all,
1: that is a good question. We've had a, uh, we've had a couple things go viral, um, you know, there was something recently that that comes to my mind where um, I want to say uh, Tom. I think Colin Coward was talking about Baker Mayfield, and I, of I think uh, something about how I want my quarterbacks, you know, to to not believe in UFOs. And I think Tom Brady retweeted him, and I think that went pretty viral. Um, he said, "How do you know I don't believe in UFOs, Colin?" I believe is what he said. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's almost always um when major major stars in sports you know see some of the content that that we create and they amplify it and they react to it um although one exception um one thing that actually uh took a minute but it just came to my mind is during the world cup we were in moscow and the first night we were there the fans outside the fans who travel in from different countries were so loud and i'm in my hotel room i'm like i'm never gonna be able to sleep um, I think it was like a 12-14 hour difference or something like that. I, mm-hmm. I go down uh, outside the hotel, and there's Mexican fans as far as you can possibly see, and they are the greatest fans. I mean, they traveled all the way from, you know, Mexico to, to Russia to cheer on their team, and they had a coordinated chants and cheers, and they were uh, they were chanting for, for one of their stars. Um, uh, can't think of his name now, um, but they were, it was one of their new young players yeah. and they were chanting his name all night, all night, all night. And I was like, you know what? The team will think this is funny. So I took video of it and I, and I sent it back to the team over Slack and I went to bed and I woke up the next day and I think that thing had 10 million views. And uh, fans loved watching other fans have fun at a sporting event. And it went super, super mega viral. I think 20,000 retweets or something like that. And um, yeah, that's one that sticks out as well.
0: With that said, and we're with Buck, better known as VP of digital content at Fox Sports. The Buck stuff is his Twitter handle. I'm Brian Fenley, and anchor at Fox Sports Radio on Twitter at Brian Fenley. Off that point, you said, I want to leave you with this last question here, Buck. How sure. do you see yourself as a pioneer in sports media, in the digital space and cutting edge or, or thinking new ideas and experimenting and being creative,
1: if you will? Sure. Um. If I had to pick something i'd probably say one of the things that that um i like that i think our team buys into is this idea of data-driven programming and how i would describe that um to someone who's not in the weeds of what we do is look at the way maybe like a um, money ball works right and it was taking a data uh driven look at athlete performance and 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 who they should uh, bring on to the oakland a's at the time we try to think how do we let Fans' voices online, which we can measure, um, tell us perhaps what we should be doing or how we should be doing it, or the types of people that we should bring onto our team. You know, we we generally believe that people who have online communities um, thrive in digital. You know, we we found um, a young man named Ben Verlander, um, who was um, crushing it on Twitch, playing MLB the Show. And every night he would play, and this huge group of people would come watch him. And, and anyone listening, you you can do that almost any night of the week. He'll get on uh, Twitch wow. play him Twitch and it'll be the show. We're like, oh, this guy's interesting, you know, because he has a community. And when we bring him on, we did a World Series watch party, which uh, we just we just won a, a, a an award for, um, and just got nominated for an Emmy for. Um, we had more questions than we've ever had before, because he brought a community, and that's something that you can measure. You know that's not a subjective take on our part we can work with our research analytics department who has the greatest community online the most engaged community online and we can bring those types of people to our department and that's how we found rj young as well you look at someone like charlotte wilder um, who has an enormously engaged community online someone like mark titus has an enormous community online jason mcintyre has a community um ryan satin has a rabid wwe community and when we find these people that have these proven communities, not just a lot of followers, but high, high engagement. And we ask them to, to you know, hey, do you have an opinion on whatever topic that people are also talking about? Um, that's a really big idea, uh, and it's worked for us. And, and as an example of this just happening in the, like the last 30 minutes, is we just saw that Panay Sewell was trending. And I sent Jeff Schwartz a text. I said, Panay trending. And he went and took some of the great interview work he just did with with uh, Panay And he redistributed on social. I think he even wrote, I heard it's trending here. You know, if you want to see my interview, here it is. And we try to follow that data because there's so much out there. It's such a mess. And if you're going to cut through it, you got to be really strategic.
0: And there's no better person to drive through all of that than Mike Bucklin. Buck, the Buck stuff, VP of digital content at Fox Sports, who to this day, is undefeated against his brother one-on-one on (laughs) on the basketball court. I'm Brian Fenley, an anchor at Fox Sports Radio. Buck, this was a whole lot of fun, man. Really appreciate you.
1: Hey, anytime you want to talk about the EBL on that, so you just let me know.